If you look online and research breastfeeding, you'll begin to find a plethora or an abundance of information supporting the notion of how important it is to breastfeed your newborn, to uh, create that bond between mother and child. And it is well accepted through all the data that you'll find. But if we start talking about the resources that are available, the education that is available, or the help that is available to all mothers in all communities, you'll begin to start seeing a very different story. Minority women have lower breastfeeding rates than those of white women. Women of color, especially black women, are more likely to return to work before 12 weeks because of the need to work. And more likely than not, they're working hours that are not flexible. This makes it difficult to create a schedule for breastfeeding your child or simply just to pump breast milk. According to a CDC study, hospital maternity wards that serve larger black populations are less likely to help black women initiate breastfeeding after giving birth or offer lactation support following delivery. Often, staff in these facilities instead offer black babies formula. So in a nutshell, in communities that are highly populated by black and brown people, uh, the women and mothers in those communities do not benefit from uh, or, or do not have access to resources and education and help in regards to lactation and breastfeeding. And so they just simply do not do that. These discrepancies need to be addressed. And you can find a, a lot more information online. This one simply was a, a PBS NewsHour article posted back in 2019. I'll put the link for this article in the description below for those that want to continue reading it. A lot of disparities in regards to breastfeeding amongst women of color. Today's guest, Norma Vasquez, addresses this with a passion to provide the resources, to provide the education, to provide the help to women of color uh, to breastfeed their child. And her journey on how she came to this point is what we're gonna hear about today. So I'm happy that you're here. Let's get started. This is Norma's journey. And these are the Journeyman Chronicles. Welcome back to the Journeyman Chronicles. My name is Felix C. Arroyo. Hopefully by now you already know that. But just in case you're new to what we do, my name is the Journeyman. And I'm bringing you the Journeyman Chronicles. How have you been? How's your uh, two weeks been since the last time we talked? I'm doing pretty good. I'm kind of getting tired of the uh, weather unable to make up its mind. As a matter of fact, as I'm recording this right now, I'm looking out my window. It's snowing. Snowing on a Saturday here in freaking March. But you know what? My gut is telling me that this is the last snow of the season. I'm no weatherman, but I'm just saying. Something's telling me we're going to be grilling out pretty soon. We're going to have some drinks out by the fireplace. You know how it is around this time of year. Get out to the parks, take your kids out, wear them out. So by the time 7 o'clock in the evening rolls around, they're showered, they're getting tired, they can go to bed can sit you can chill you can relax trust me i know the routine please don't take this like i am uh not loving my children i love my children i'm just saying 
sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And my wife does most of it. That's the patience uh, Alexandra has with all the kids. Good God. I don't know if I have the energy to take them to the park to wear out energy. You know what I mean? Anyway, we are getting ready for episode 23 of the Journeyman Chronicles. This week, I get to share with you my interview with Norma Vasquez. Norma is a lactation consultant. She specializes in breastfeeding. This is something she uh, got passionate about because of her own experience uh, nursing uh, as a first time mom. She is also uh, the business owner of Mama La Lechera, which uh, offers support and education for uh, for moms, uh, especially uh, women of color. Um, she's a lactation activist. She's very, very proud of that. She also she's also offering baby clothes uh, zero to six months. She's designing them and getting them sold. I'll put the link for that in the description of this episode. So there's a lot going on here with Norma. She is a busy woman, a proud Latina and a business owner. So let's get right into it. But before we do, I want to give a little context uh, to some things here. My goal in this podcast is to try to give a platform for anybody to share their story. And Norma was no exception. I was honored to have her on the show. And I'm glad that I did because the whole point of this podcast, like I said, is to not only give people a, a platform for them to share their story, but also to allow some transparency and allow people to be vulnerable. This also includes myself. Uh, and I had a moment during this interview with, with Norma where I, I sounded like an idiot. And I'll, I'll just put that bluntly. And... Um, the opportunity was there for me to learn and Norma was very, very gracious and educated me. And, you know, we're going to get to that towards the end of this episode. I want you to keep track and pay attention because there's a moment where I'm a little confused about uh, the understanding of breastfeeding and body feeding and chest feeding and what the differences are. And I'm sounding like a, a very naive person. But Norma, like I said, uh, answered me. And as she begins to give me her answer, the light bulb goes off. Now, why am I bringing this up now? I'm bringing this up now because I'm trying to be as vulnerable as possible myself. And I feel that if I'm going to offer a platform for people to share their stories and for all of us to listen and learn about one another, then I should at least share my experiences of how I had a preconceived idea that was false or a misunderstanding that was very naive. And instead of editing out the the goof moment that I had, I left it in the interview so that you can all understand. And maybe you weren't understanding what that meant. And now you do because of my blunder. So there's that. Right. Listen, I'm all about transparency and I'm all about getting right to it. So let's just do that. This is Norma's Journey. Episode 23 of the Journeyman Chronicles starts right now. Hi, Norma. Hi, how are you? Not bad. Can you hear me okay? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, Jazzy and Jose got me, um, hip to you. And the irony was I was already kind of aware of, uh, what you were doing since I started the podcast. I've been kind of like exploring what people are doing in the area and kind of, you know, learning about them. And 
when Jazzy and Jose told me about you, I was like, that name sounds familiar. And then when I looked you up on Facebook, I was like, oh, yeah. So <laughs> nice to meet you. Uh, thank you for doing the interview. Looking you up, uh, I can understand that you're very uh, passionate about um, breastfeeding. And the cool thing about that is, is that my wife and I, we have three, we have two girls, uh, my wife and I have four children total, but my wife and I have two little girls. And um, the the last two times that I've been in Women's and Babies Hospital with my wife having our daughters was the first time that I've ever, ever experienced a lactation nurse come in and go through the whole procedure. And so I thought that was pretty cool because, you know, 20 years ago when I became a dad for the first time, I never experienced that. And, and, and I'm speaking as a man, obviously, I, I can only do so much. Um, so talk to me about how this came about in your life and what was it about breastfeeding um, that that caught your attention? Yeah, so, um, you know, I have a, a similar experience. I have two older daughters, um, 17 and 15. And, and, you know, back then they, I delivered a woman and babies when I had them. Um, I didn't get any support, you know, any kind of lactation support. And, um, you know, I always like think back, like, you know, not until I started working in lactation, did I really think about my own experience uh, with my first daughter. And it seems so foreign to me now, like to think about it and be like, wow, like that's really what I experienced. And, you know, I always think back and breastfeeding was very different back then. You know, like my only memories of breastfeeding was breastfeeding um, in, in a room by myself. Or if we were in the restaurant, like I would be in the car, right. you know, and she was born like in the dead middle of summer. So I'd be sweating in the car with the <laughs> crying and just trying to, you know, um, to breastfeed her. And I remember like, I had to go back to work. I was a young mom. And so I had to go back to work, you know, within like those like three months. And I remember getting this big box, like, I remember like somebody, I don't even know where I got this box from, but it was a big box and it was something called a pump. And I had no idea <laughs> what it was, how to use it. Like I knew that it was to take milk out, but I had no idea how, yeah. like, at all how to use it so I never used it and I went to formula like as soon as I went back to work like she went to formula and that's my experience with that you know like I, I didn't have nurses come in my room and or somebody like trying to like educate me on it um so yeah um and so you know so much so much happened from then till like when I started lactation about four or five years ago um I completely like you know changed uh, careers and just kind of did something because somebody saw how I advocated online and they were like, Whoa, you think, you know, I think you'd be good at this. And I'm like, all right, that sounds cool. You know, let me try. And I, and I ended up falling in love with it. So, oh, wow. So your, your children had already been grown and for some time when you decided to do this, this wasn't something that you started early on. It was just something um, that you advocated for online. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I have, I have two older girls. Um, my first like career, I worked, um, at, um, the, the clinic, which used to be called Southeast clinic. They they've changed names a couple more times since then, but I worked in health informatics. Um, and so I was, you know, behind the computer all the time. And that was, you know, just something that like, you know, I started, um, you know, uh, working as like a receptionist and just kind of like made my way up to this, um, to my position and it ended up being my career. Okay. Um, my husband, um, I met my husband when my girls were, uh, I don't know, like 
maybe like 12 years ago. I forget how old they were. Okay. <laughs> but um, he it's was what happens. what happens when you become a parent. You just start losing I know, track. like <laughs> sometime before then. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so we, you know, I met my husband. We got married. And um, he was stationed in San Antonio for two years. Oh, wow. And um, his last year there, I ended up getting pregnant. And, um, and we were trying. And so... Uh, you know, I ended up deciding just to be a stay at home mom. And, you know, I, you know, essentially just like left my career behind and, and became a stay at home mom for the, for the next two years. And um, it, it was a completely different um, experience in, in every way possible from when I had the girls, it was okay. completely uh-huh. different. Um, you know, I was older, I was in my thirties and yeah. it's just, it's just different, you know, like there's, it's you a completely so different help. experience. Yeah, you have a oh. lot more patience. You kind of know. So much more patience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, much more. You're just like, oh, you throw a tantrum. Yeah, like, let's yeah. talk about it. <laughs> my, my wife and I, uh, we talk about that often because uh, three years ago when my daughter Chloe was born, our first, it was my wife's first time. And it was, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, and it was also like my first time being a parent again in 12 years because at that yeah. time my son was my youngest was 12 and uh, everything kind of came right back to me. And there were times where my wife was like, sometimes even now she'll lose a little patience with my three-year-old because my three-year-old's like three going on 33. And it's just like, I'm just like, babe, it's just, it's all right. But I remember you kind of like recall the first time around, like, man, I I remember losing my, my mind. And now I'm, um, you're able to kind of just breeze through it a little bit. So it's a kind of a blessing in a way I get to like relive it and and make up for things that I wish I would have done a little differently with my first two. But, um, so you've got, uh, you have a, uh, with your husband, you you have more children or no? Yeah. you No. Yeah. So we're switched. We're switched. We, I had two, um, from, from my previous relationship and then he came in with none. So, um, okay. Okay. I see. So So yeah. So, so, so you he got, left. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say he left Lancaster as a 17 year old kid, and then came back married with with with, uh, with two kids <laughs> and one on the way. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with coming back with a family. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a family, uh, a family of four, or is how many children do you have with? We have three. So no, we have the, there's two girls. We have three girls. Three so, girls. So um, okay. one one together, and then two older. Um, so there's so there's five of us here. So there's all a lot, girls and all girls in the house. Talk to me about. I want to. This is what I'm really really excited about is because uh, Mama La Lechera. This is something that I've never seen before, and 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 of course, if, I'm sure if I was a woman, I would be more hip to this, especially mothers. That I I I don't know much about this being a man, but is it common to have something like this, what you're doing, you're you're creating a platform where uh, minorities or Latinas and people of color can kind of, mothers can come and are you sharing information? Or are, you, are you offering help? Talk to me about what you're doing here. Yeah, so um, it's, I'm not like strictly inclusive. So, you know, I don't, you know, I, I don't turn away money. So okay. Okay. <laughs> if you want to hire me, you know, you can hire me. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not, it's, it's, Sadly, it's not the norm to have, you know, a Latina that has a lactation business. It's just not the norm. Um, The lactation, the lactation world is very white um, and it's been white, you know, but like Mm -hmm. in our history here in this country, it's, 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 
it's a white world, you know? Yeah. And, um, and you know, it's, if, if you have a lactation consultant coming to see you in the hospital, like that, it's a white woman. Sure. You know, I really, that really, um, was kind of thrown in my face when I, when I accepted the position I work for, um, I work for LGH. That's my nine to five job. Okay. I started working for them as a peer counselor. They decided to do this like pilot program and, and they wanted to increase um, duration rates and, um, and, and initiation rates um, of women who are breastfeeding and specifically women of color who are breastfeeding. So they hired these two peer counselors, um, myself and, and another girl um, to kind of come in and just support these moms and, and really supporting as in just kind of like calling them after they delivered or before they delivered doing breastfeeding classes and, you know, and so it was me and this Blanca and, um, and I always like, when we, when we always came back at the end of the day, like we would, you know, talk about how like our home visits went because we actually go into these, um, these people's homes and I always had like, you know, more to tell, you know, and, and, and it came very clear to me that these women were more open to talking to me because I looked like them. Because they knew I was like, I was raised and, you know, I was raised here in town in the city and, you know, I am a Latina and, you know, so it was like, just by me walking in their door, there was this wall coming down, mm. you know, uh, this, you know, this, they knew like right away, okay, this woman's not here to judge me, you know, like she's here to like, to help me. And, and through that, I was able to just hear so many stories and just so many of their experiences, whether that's their experience with, you know, in their family or, you know, how their labor and delivery went or how their time in coupling care went. And, you know, more times often than not, it wasn't a great story. And it was, you know, they felt judged and, or they didn't even get a chance to like to do what they wanted to do or they, or they didn't feel heard. And, you know, the more I heard it, the more I just kind of started like digging around and doing research and just kind of like what's going on in this world. And, you know, and then that is when my own experience from, from 17, 18 years ago kind of came flooding back in. Yeah, I and I was say. like, damn, like, wow, like that's not how I should have been treated or I should have gotten help or I should have known what that big box was and how to use it, you know? Um, and, that, and, and that's really where, where Mama La Lechera was birthed from. And I was just like, I, I knew that I wanted to do something for, for, um, for, for Latinas and, and, for, and for women of, 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 of color, but I just didn't know how. You know, one of the first things I was thinking of when you were talking was the, the communication barrier, especially for Latina women who are, who are unable to communicate with uh, a lactation nurse that is white or doesn't speak Spanish. And it, it, it also dawned on me like, uh, before um you're doing this and we're and you're you even alluded to thinking back 17 years ago we can think back even generations before how many uh women of color that are latina that weren't able to communicate uh fully understand the situation that we're in it's it's actually it hurts my heart to think that here are first time mothers that have no idea what to do and they're not getting the education, but they're also not even aware that they're not getting the education. Like you even alluded, you, you didn't know until 17 years later, things started clicking. And that's, that's cool that you're finally able to get it, but it's a shame that you were in that position. And so I'm sure that that fuels or fueled you at the time to get this, to get the ball rolling. Um, right. What, what kind of services do you offer 
or 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 education like tell tell me about what it is that you're actually doing with Mama La Lechera. Yeah, so we're doing a couple of different things. Um, I launched um, with the initiative to diversify the lactation field. So we were um, able to raise money like through our community. And it was, you know, I, I, I tried applying for grants, but I'm not nonprofit. I am an LLC. Um, and it was really hard for me, you know, like I kept on getting turned down for grants. And I knew that I wanted to provide training to educate women of color in our community to become certified in breastfeeding um, so that, you know, because I, I, I can't do it all by myself here, right? So like we need to diversify this this this, this group of, of, of women and birthing people, right? right? Right. I remember having a conversation with a really good friend of mine, Tanae, and she was like, girl, she was like, just, she was like, just put it out there. Like, you know, like just put it out there to everybody that you know, and, you know, and they will, and, and they will show up. And literally, like, that's what I did. I posted online and I said, look, I said, this is what I want to do. I need to raise this amount of money. Um, and I kid you not, three days later, we had more than that. It was amazing. And so um, currently right now we have, including myself, because I took the course too, but there's like 11, 11 um, women that are and um, and people that are taking the course through lactation education resources. So at the end of their training, they will be certified breastfeeding specialists. And that includes their testing as well and, and their credentials. Is that because of uh, Mama La Lechera that, they're, that they became interested in this field? That's got to be an awesome feeling. It is. It's kind of like surreal. You know, I don't put too much thought into it. I sure. Um, it's yeah. Yeah. But the fact that you the fact that you created though a platform where where people felt comfortable enough to make that leap i mean who knows what they would have done had they not had that i think that's i think that's worthy enough to to note out and applaud yeah. you for that's that's very very yeah, cool thank you you know i you know i i think it's important to know that like you know i'm, I'm almost 40 and i'm still trying to figure out what i want to do when i grow up and i and absolutely I, and i think that that's okay you know yeah. like and, and i think we need to normalize that a little bit more you know like it's it's cool if you want to start something up, you know, it's cool if you want to do it and you don't know how to do it, just do it, you know, and just kind of figure it out as you're doing it. Um, so, so yeah, I'm just I'm, thankful to be in this space. Uh, I'm, I'm, I totally dig it. I'm, uh, I'll be 43 and I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing. Hence the podcast is, is, is what I'm trying yeah. to baby right now <laughs> because I love doing it. Um, yeah. are you also into photography? Cause I see that also, <laughs> Talk to me about yeah. that because is it is that something that you've been doing uh, passionately also or or yeah? Oh my god, yeah! I've been into photography since I think I got my first camera when I was in middle school, like back in my Lincoln <laughs> days. I got my first Fuji film, and um, you know, I I grew up in high school. I I, I took computer photography and I, I made this little portfolio and I walked into Co-Camera downtown. Um, not many people know about that space anymore, but I was like, this is my portfolio. Like, <laughs> I want to work for you. And um, the owner back in the day, Matt, was like, called me the next day. And he was like, yeah, I'll hire you. And I was like, really? And so, you know, I, I throughout high school, I worked there um, and ran their lab and worked there for actually a few years. And um, yeah, there was photography was like everything to me. Um, in yeah. you know, in my twenties, I had you know there was a couple studios I had, and I used to do weddings, and I you know did some um, photography for La Voz, and I used to be their photographer. Oh, wow. Like it, it really was like such a huge 
part of my life for so long. And, um, and then it became a job and it became, um, you know, something that just felt like work and, and, um, and, and, and then, you know, the iPhones came out and, <laughs> and I started leaving the camera at home, you know, and, um, and I just recently, like within the past, like I, I say, since my daughter was probably born, I, I started picking up the camera again and I'll do some photography here and there, but it, um, but yeah, it's not as huge as, you know, as it used to be still, still a love of mine, but yeah. I, I totally dig it. I, um, I, I used to draw. I mean, I, I do love to draw and I haven't, it became like a chore and I I think ever since I felt that feeling, I just stopped. The last thing I ever drew was a picture of my wife, which I love doing. But with everything going on in my life, I was always like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta get this done. I gotta get that done." And then I just, it became a, it became a, a project that I needed to wrap up, as opposed to something that was passionate. But I, I totally, I totally understand it. And I, when I was going through um, your Instagram page, all your pictures have that matted border and it gives it gives the whole look a, a pretty unique look which is something you don't usually see so yeah. um I'm, I'm hopefully it's it's something that you don't stop doing do you have you ever found like the itch to just pull it out and take a snap here and there and, and mess around or is it is it completely out of the oh no you know, i use it from a model of the chat you know like i i wanted to um it was really important for me that if i was going to put something out there that i wanted it to be professional like i didn't you know, and, and not that I judge anything like um, on how anybody else does things, but I really wanted this look and I want it when I launched my website, I, I wanted it to be like, you know, like, yeah. damn, yeah. and, and, you know, I couldn't afford someone to do my website. So I did my own website, but I wanted to get like my logo and my branding done. And that was really important to me. And, um, but I also was like, well, I can't take that money from my family. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't take money from our household. So I, again, I went right back to Facebook and I was like, who wants some photo shoots? Like, you know, yeah. like, and I, and I did that. And, and that's really where, that's where the money came from. I was able to like, to fund my, my, my logo and branding. Um, you know, when COVID happened, I, you know, I did porch pictures mm -hmm. and, you know, we were able to raise like thousands of dollars for the, um, the food hub and a, a couple of other, um, you know, uh, organizations in, in the city. And it's just amazing how, how people just show up, you know? Um, and, and I was able to then, you know, like I also was able to do something that I really, really loved and missed doing. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely still, still pull it out. Wanting to do something passionately and making sure that it's done efficiently. Those are strengths of somebody that wants to do something big. Usually when you have an idea and you're not really sure how to go about it, the end product speaks for itself. Everything I'm seeing so far with Norma, with her website for Mama La Lechera, and the content that she has there and how it's presented and the information she's offering, you can tell she's very passionate about this. Her experience helped fuel her passion for this. Being young and having to deal with uh, a firstborn, not sure how to uh, breastfeed and pretty much realizing years later when she's confronted with the, the barriers that women of color that her mothers are dealing with, she's then you know, recalling her own memories. That's usually how things get done when you are passionate, when you are fueled by experience. 
I appreciate when she talks about and she continues to talk about, you know, the the experience that uh, women of color that are mothers deal with in this world where predominantly white people are unaware of what they could be experiencing. We're clearly not trying to suggest that all white people are a problem in this area. It's more so a lack of understanding and education and empathy. And I think Norma recognized that and wanted to get in hands first and do what she could do because she saw the gap and she was trying to bridge it. This is the kind of stuff that I love to talk about because we can learn a lot from one another from these experiences. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break, but when I come back, Norma and I uh, continue to get into uh, the breastfeeding culture and I share with Norma my wife and I, um, our story of, of dealing with uh, the difficulty of breastfeeding. We, we have had this conversation of what it's like to be uh, supportive of breastfeeding and, and the pros of breastfeeding, but uh, talking about and experiencing uh, difficulties trying to breastfeed, women that are going through that. And my wife asked me to share this with Norma, and so I did. So we get into that. We get into her her uh, clothing line for babies, cute little clothes, and her inspiration for that. We get into uh, explaining the differences between body feeding and breastfeeding, or chest feeding and breastfeeding. And of course, my my blunder leads to this. So I hope um, that you appreciate this. Quick break. We'll be right back. this question and I, I briefly brought it up with you when I had introduced myself um, when we talk about um, women that are lactating and, and breastfeeding um, the the push is to um, get women aware of what they're able to do or in their first mothers and give them that um, independent um, vibe to, to take care and nurture their child um, what are what talk to me about your perspective on how Women are, um, I'm trying to find how, how to word this because this is, my wife wanted me to ask this question. This is why I'm trying to make sure I do this the right way. It's a very sensitive subject. Yeah. But my, my wife was having a difficult time um, breastfeeding both times. Mm -hmm. And she was feeling like she was failing mm -hmm. because the push is there from everybody, you know, the nurses from the gate. And she can't is that something that that you focus on as well or is there any is there any talk about women that are having a hard time breastfeeding in the in the um social push that may be making them feel like they're failing as mothers how do we how do we handle that especially as a as a, a husband who is trying to I have no idea what to do, you know, and I'm sure yep. most men feel the same way. We kind of feel helpless um, and it, it takes a toll mentally. Uh, can we talk about that and get your perspective on that? Yeah, you know, that's probably um, what I'm most passionate about. I, um, you know, we we have this idea and uh, that 
you know, we're so worried about these babies, right? Like even our, even women and babies is baby friendly, right? Mm-hmm. You know, making sure that these babies are fed, making sure that these babies are gaining weight, these babies, these babies, these babies, and nobody's thinking about the moms, you know? Right. And I truly believe with all my heart that moms have to be first. Like, yeah, babies are important and, you know, we're, we're, we're going to get there. But like, if mom's not taken care of, that baby's not going to be taken care of. And, and I feel like that is the missing part is that nobody's worried about these moms. And yeah, there's so many benefits to breastfeeding, but you know what reality is breastfeeding is not for everybody and breastfeeding can look very different for everybody. And so I always, you know, like when I meet a, when, when, when I meet a mom for the first time, like before I even talk about what she's going through, like, you know, what she needs help with, I always say like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? You know? And, and then I always follow up with, well, like, how can I help you? Like, what do you, like, what is your goal? You know, like maybe her goal isn't even to latch her baby. Maybe she just wants to pump for a couple of days and, and that's okay. Like, and, and I feel like we need to, we need to, you know, focus on moms, support them and everything else will kind of like fall into place, you know? Um, but it is, it, it, it can be really intimidating, um, and a really kind of like lonely and scary place uh, because, you know, you do see the push and, and I'm, and I'm just talking about lactate, you know, breastfeeding, but like you do see it everywhere, you know, and especially in the hospital and you got nurses coming in, the lactation coming in and everybody's asking you. And then like you ask for help and then they're like, they're trying to like, you know, like push this baby onto you and like, sh- you know, and I'm you, the mom just gave birth, you know, like she's exhausted. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I I think definitely like we need to improve on that. You know, we have to we have to get down to, and not only like what's going on then, but there's like there's a reason why Latinas like you know don't really breastfeed here in America. There's a reason why Black women don't breastfeed, you know, um, or as much as you know like why their numbers are the lowest among women of color. Like there's there's history there, and it's really important to understand that history and to go into that room judgment-free because you're not going to get anywhere if you don't. Yeah. I I know that, um, that, you know, postpartum depression is something to, to that uh, a lot of mothers, um, deal with after giving birth. But what I wasn't, uh, what I wasn't aware of was watching my wife really go through a, 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 a depressional state simply because, she wasn't able to lactate or the mm-hmm. baby, the babies just weren't, you know, nothing was working. And, and there was a lot of bleeding and a lot of, you know, uh, taking care of herself. And, and I could just see the frustration on her. And it was like, no matter what, I couldn't really say anything at that time to snap her yeah. out of that because I, 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 that's a, that's a completely understandable state. And so I appreciate you saying that because, um, you're right. It's almost as if we become robots to we got to get the mm-hmm. baby taken care of. And, and you're absolutely right. But my wife is exhausted, you know, and and I don't know what I obviously I can't breastfeed the, the baby. I'm trying my best unless unless I can I, 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 do men, yeah. men do men do that. I mean, I, I, I'm looking at your <laughs> I'm I'm looking at uh, when I'm looking at my mama la lechera. And I'm seeing bre- uh, breastfeeding. I'm seeing body feeding. I'm seeing that, yeah, body and chest feeding. Right? Yeah. yeah. Ex- ex- explain yeah. that. Is that what, what? What? What's the difference between the three? You know, we're just you know, just honoring how you know, like 
how people live their lives. Okay. And, okay. You know, there, there are, you know, there are people who body feed and there are people who, who, who chest feed and, and there are people who, who breastfeed. Um, so I definitely want Mama La Lechera to be um, a welcoming space. You know, okay. and so I, I, I really try that. And when I say mamas and I always say mamas, you know, or moms, you know, sure. like I, I really want it to be known that that is that is inclusive of everybody. You know, not everybody who who um, who who lactates identifies as a woman um, or identifies as a mom. Um, gotcha. And, you know, that's really cool. Um, I did want to go back to really quick what you were saying about Latinas and yeah. It is important to know that Latinas do have one of the highest rates of postpartum depression. Um, and um, and research has shown that breastfeeding, um, you know, helps to decrease that. And um, what you said was like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I, you know, like, but you were her support. And and that's that's really what's what's missing is that support system. Mm. Um, and a lot of most of us, like we weren't breastfed. And, um, you know, and some of us, like, I know my mom's the first, um, I'm second generation. So, you know, she was also born here in the States. She wasn't breastfed. So you're talking about like 60, over 60 years that breastfeeding hasn't been present in my family. And, and, and what that does to, to, to me and, and, and to, to those that came before me and even those that came after me is that there's no support there. You know, like if, if I'm, if, when I got lactation support, I, I wasn't getting it from, from my mom, from my abuela, from my tias because nobody breastfed. Mm. And, and that's really important to understand when dealing with any culture, you know, I'm a Latina, so I speak for Latinas. That's really um, important. I'm sorry, important to understand. And, and, and if you don't understand that and you come in a room and you're like, why is this woman getting frustrated? Like, why doesn't she just breastfeed her baby? Like, you know, like she ain't got nobody to go home to, to like call and be like, hey, come over and help me with this, you know, or, or am I doing this right? And she doesn't have anyone saying, you know what, you're doing a great job, you know, like your baby's fine. You know, again, there's so much more that goes into it than just, you know, breastfeeding your baby. Yeah. Yeah. So thank sorry. you. No, thank you. Thank you for taking us back to that. I'm I'm glad I'm glad that you said that because um I think also women of color and and Latinas hearing a Latina woman say that means a lot. And so I'm hoping that this, you know, this will will make that impact. So thank you very much for sharing that. Um in regards to um uh, talk to me about the 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 clothing, the clothing line, the little baby clothing line that you got going. You got these cute little babies dressed up in beanies and, and jumpers. They look adorable. Talk to me about that. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just, I, it's, it's another idea that I, that I'm, that I'm working on from a mala lechera. It, it started with, you know, I, I need to bring in like revenue, right. Because like I'm offering these services and sometimes for free, you know, so like I have to, you know, like make money somewhere. So I figured, let me just start like selling some, um, some baby and maternity and postpartum items to just kind of offset that cost. And it's what started off as something online um, is now a store, a little vendor space up in uh, Mannheim at the Prussian Street Arcade. And just, you know, slowly growing that and and, and, and hopes that I can um, branch off into my own space and have a space that, that women and birthing people can go to um, to get breastfeeding support. And then if they want kind of shop on the side as well, but 
that that's that's what I'm working at. Um, you know, and and this so it's just kind of the beginning of of, of what's to come, um, hopefully. But yeah. what do you what do you see in the future in regards to that? What do you like? What kind of uh, how are you going to branch out the clothing line? Are you going to have uh, full outfits with the shoes and and or, or are we sticking to like the? No, the- I I honestly um I want a retail space, so I I want a space that that would have retail. Um, you know, when when you think about like what's available, like you know, there's not really any kind of um stores specific only like for maternity and postpartum Um, and and that's really what I what I want to address but I also within that store want to address um you know breastfeeding and just parent support like I would love to have a space to like hold a class or like a support you know a couple like different support groups or you know like I would love that because just going back to you know when I was a mom there was no there's nothing around and if there is around you're going into a room full of white women yeah. And, and I and I say that with like like please like I you know like to your listeners it's not that there's anything wrong with that um but you know we also need to be supported by by other by other Latinas by other women of color that's just it's just a whole it's just part of life you know and um I think you know we're all kind of getting sick of it looking one way and 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 this is the way to change it so I really would love a space an inclusive space like that so that's what I'm working on I don't I thank thank you for saying that and I, I completely understand I think it's important to feel free and express what you're saying because it's very true when you want to look for a place that's inclusive it's because you're used to to feeling like you're not there or that it it's it's uh, how do I say this? The standard is mm-hmm. more so the the white standard, and mm-hmm. what you're. I completely understand what you're saying, and you know my goal, of, obviously, with the, with this podcast, is like I would love to have an episode just focused on that, so we can break that down. But anyway, that's yeah. a different that's a different story. But thank you, do it, <laughs> thank you, thank you so much. Be- no, because it's like you know these are conversations that I think a lot of people have no problem talking about in general open spaces but when we start going into these certain categories and we're talking about breastfeeding and this specific little avenue here we can we can talk about just that within this and and those are the the things that I would like to break is those people afraid to mention these things because they don't want to be looked at as one way or the other it's true uh, when you have women that are of color um, that they experience a whole different world than white women do. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and when you have uh, first time mothers, like we alluded to and talked about earlier, that have a mm-hmm. hard time with the communication barrier. There's a lot of women that just give up and don't want to get into it because of that communication barrier. Mm-hmm. And they just lose out on so much information. So yeah. I, 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 you know, I love seeing, uh, especially Latinos and Latinas, I love seeing uh, people do what they're doing and, and making a difference and an impact and giving to the community. Uh, and everything that you're doing right now screams um, community. What is, uh, what, what's your, do you have a vision that uh, for the future where you want to take this? Or are you just going to keep writing it out, the, how it's going and enjoy the ride? Um, I think a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I... I, I, I would have never thought that, um, that my little Instagram account that I created two years ago would be getting recognized as a business and as a, and as a community support system, you know, that, that was always like a dream of mine, but I never could even like verbalize that two years ago, two, three years ago, you know, um, so 
yeah, just, you know, I, I just wake up and I work a little bit at it every day. And, you know, I, I think the future would be just to like expand and, 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 and be able to have a space that, that people can come to like whenever they need to, you know, um, I, I really want to take it offline, um, and really, um, bring it into like, you know, one-on-one and, and in person to person and really create community, you know, like, I think it's important, um, to meet other parents and, 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 um, you know, I, I just, yeah, I, I find a lot of my support in, in, in other women, um, and other, um, in other couples, as far as like my husband and I, and, you know, we find support in other couples. And I think that that's what creates community, you know, meeting new people. And, um, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for, um, for hanging out and, 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 and breaking this down for me and sharing your journey. I think, um, you know, I think what, what you're doing is, like I said, I know earlier, you didn't want to, you didn't kind of want to say that you, you were, um, responsible for uh these people seeing what what you were doing and being inspired but the truth is is that uh, when when people see what you're doing and and they're inspired um then you should be aware of that and so i tip my hat off to you thank you very much for for joining me for sharing your journey i hope that um i hope that i can make you proud and and share your story for you uh, as soon as i do this thank you month. so much no thank you like seriously thank you and um congratulations on on your podcast and you know that's also very exciting to see um so you know like please keep on sharing the stories um there's so many out there um so yeah just thanks for having me absolutely all right thank you norma vasquez i appreciate it go get some rest i know it's getting late i appreciate it (laughs) (laughs) see ya see ya Shout out to Norma Vasquez for everything that she's doing uh, with Mama La Lechera, creating a space for BIPOC to support each other in our journey of mamahood. I'm reading that on this beautiful website that she's got here. It's nicely done. There's a link right here for lactation services. You should check it out. It's spelled M-A-M-A-L-A-L-E-C-H-E-R-A.com for BIPOC, which stands for uh, Black and Indigenous People of Color. This is a great platform to give uh, the women that we were discussing this podcast a a space to learn and a platform to share uh, journeys with each other. There's also a link here where you can go to the store. We talked about, you know, the cute little baby clothes. It's called Hello World by Mama La Lechera. This is for uh, expectant and postpartum mamas and birthing persons for the babies that are zero to six months. It's exclusively at Prussian Street Arcade. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, This is located in Mannheim, 49 North Main Street, Mannheim, Pennsylvania. So check that out. Check the website out. Please follow uh, Mama La Lechera for uh, more information because she's periodically sharing these beautiful pictures of these little cute little babies in clothes and also the journeys and the stories of the the people that are helping out. So I had a blast doing this and I, I, I know I've said this already, but I've learned a lot. When we talk about breastfeeding, or chest feeding or now body feeding, uh, we're talking about a term that is used by people who don't identify their anatomy with the term breast. Some people prefer to say chest feeding and some say body feeding. It's often used as a way for uh, transgender and non-binary parents to describe how they feed and nurture their babies. Um, So once again, 
I learned this. It makes sense that I said the light bulb went off. Learning moment for me, but it makes sense. So I appreciate you allowing me to put that out there, to put my blunder out there as a learning moment, and I'm sharing it with you. Once again, thank you, Norma, for joining me on the Chronicles. I wish you well in your future endeavors. As for the rest of you, I will see you when I see you. I may be releasing a a wrap-up for this episode. I'm not sure. This is me, right? No one knows what to do with me because I don't know what I'm doing with me. I got some things in the mix here, and I'm not sure if I should let anybody know. So I'm going to wait and sit on it. Some big things happening for me. You will find out soon enough. One thing I do know for sure is that the next interview is already locked and loaded, and I'll be ready to present that to you in two weeks. Until then... I hope you guys have a great day, great evening. Remember, maintain focus and stay continuous through all four seasons. My name is Felix C. Arroyo. I am the Journeyman, and these are the Journeyman Chronicles. Y'all be safe.